it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Before we get to our guest, a quick message from our sponsor. We've talked a lot about Mike Lindell's products at MyPillow.com. The quality is just amazing and everything he makes lasts forever. He's got a new product out right now that the summertime customer will just absolutely love. We've all had the slippers and the quality on those is amazing. People rave about them. He's got the three layers of comfort where he's morphed that technology into the summertime sandals. They look like Crocs, but they're much more comfortable and long lasting. Again, the proprietary three-layer technology that will give you extreme comfort in these sandals to wear around uh, for the rest of your summers, actually. So how can you get these? You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CDM to get the massive discounts he has on for the launch of this product. But just don't look at the sandals. Mike has over 600 products. If you're looking for household goods or apparel, don't go to the big box communist retailers that support the cabal. Support the Patriots, support CDM.press using pro, promo code CDM and get the best discounts available at MyPillow.com. And now let's get to our guest. Welcome to Information Operation. We have with us a very interesting person today who uh, has a unique story to tell and a unique agenda that he wants to see accomplished. Uh, Tim Canova is with us. Welcome to the show, Tim. Did I say your name right, the last name? You did. Thank you. Okay, great. So uh, give us a little bit of background about yourself first before we get into the issue. Sure. Uh, I am a law professor. I've been teaching at law schools for about uh, 20 years or so. Uh, I'm a tenured law professor uh, in South Florida at Nova Southeastern University in the Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, I should just preface and say anything I say today is not on behalf of Nova Southeastern University. Of course. Um, so uh, most of my teaching career, uh, I've been teaching in the area and writing in the area of central banking, very critical of the Federal Reserve, very critical of a lot of the global trade agreements. Um, and I was not involved politically in any kind of a direct way. Um, I had been a lifelong Democrat, um, influenced since childhood growing up in New York, uh, Franklin Roosevelt and John Kennedy were kind of the patron saints at the time. And it was, uh, that was a Democratic Party that I was certainly a, a part of. Uh, in 2015, I got involved with a group called the Citizens Trade Campaign, which was lobbying uh, members of Congress all over the country uh, against the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP, which was negotiated during the Obama administration, uh, negotiated by Hillary Clinton, among others. Uh, and the TPP was another one of these uh, big global trade agreements that would have uh, undermined American sovereignty uh, and jobs. Uh, so I was working with the TPP, um, trying to get the attention of our local congresswoman. I should say, even before I joined up with the TPP, I had tried to contact her office 
and uh, was given an email of, a, of an aide to contact. And I used to be a legislative aide many years ago for the late Paul Songus. He was a Democrat, a senator from Massachusetts. So, you know, I reached out and could not get any kind of response. And I tried several times and it was frustrating. Uh, I'm a tenured law professor at the only law school in her district and really wanted to try to speak with someone on her staff and try to convince them uh, uh, why she should vote against the TPP. Anyway, um, it turned out at the end of the day that she was the only um, Democrat in Florida's House delegation to vote to fast track the TPP. When I say she, my local congresswoman was Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who happened to be the chair of the Democratic National Committee at the time. And uh, it came out that she had taken over $330,000 from multinational corporate interests um, that wanted the TPP. And uh, we learned that if you're not contributing $5,000 to her campaign pack, you're not going to even get through to one of her, her aides. Uh, so... You know, we were disturbed about it and, and we wanted to send a message and we started looking for someone who could primary her. Uh, and we tried a lot of local and state officials um, in our district and uh, we couldn't find any takers, um, which I guess is not surprising since she was the chair of the Democratic National Committee. Nobody wanted to go up against that, that kind of power. Um, in January 2016, I finally got talked into doing it myself. Um, ah. And um, I, I sus at that point, Wasserman Schultz had already revealed herself to be a very close ally of Hillary Clinton and to be putting her thumb on the scales against Bernie Sanders in the primaries. So I knew she was a, a toxic figure. And uh, I jumped into the race, never had been a candidate before for any office. And uh, we went in with really both guns blazing. Um, the campaign went viral very quickly. And uh, we started to gather an awful lot of donations uh, online uh, from all over the country, uh, small donors. Uh, and the, the long and short of it is by the end of the campaign, we had raised almost $3.8 million from 209,000 individual donations. And, you know, I had a lot of political consultants trying to grab at me to spend a million dollars on an ad campaign here and there. But um, I had studied a couple of other grassroots campaigns over the years, uh, Paul Wellstone and the fellow who took down Eric Cantor in the House. I wanted a grassroots campaign. We built a grassroots campaign. We had four field offices, employed several hundred people from field organizers to volunteers, and we were knocking on 12,000 doors a week. Um, and a lot. It's a lot of doors. And, you know, when, uh, when a field organizer knocks on a door in this day and age, they use an app. Uh, the app we used, um, they would be able to uh, find out all kinds of information about the voter as far as their party registration, but they would input whether the voter was leaning to me, strongly for me, neutral, or leaning or strongly for Wasserman Schultz. And our, our campaign, we were going back to the undecideds time and again. Our final field numbers were stunning, and, and we were way ahead of her at the end. Um, I wasn't um, confident because uh, the day before the election, this is an August 30th, 2016 primary, the local NBC6 had up on its website a preview of the next day's election. And for sheriff or county commissioner or whatever, they were all zeroed out because not a single vote had been counted yet. But in my race, it had Wasserman Schultz beating me by about 13 or 14 percentage points with 69% of the precincts reporting. We're We've like, seen that a lot on? lately, even in in the last couple of weeks. Seriously? Where, where, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I have not noticed that. But, you know, a, a lot of 
the, the kind of uh, election shenanigans and even rigging that we see around the country, I think Broward County was a testing ground for it. And, and, uh, uh, and, and my campaign in particular, uh, uh, you know, we were under surveillance by the DNC. My name appears in the DNC WikiLeaks 100 or 200 times. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, our campaign website, which was where we were raising all that money, folks would be coming to our website and clicking on and, and donating in small donations. Um, our, our campaign website uh, became the target of uh, several denial of service attacks right down the home stretch. And uh, I guess we were naive enough that our campaign lawyer and uh, uh, top officials uh, called the FBI to report that the uh, website had been attacked as if they never even returned our calls. You know, We were all naive back then. We, we, we all just, for some reason, didn't see it. You, know? you didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it. At yeah. this point, yeah. you see how the FBI worked with CrowdStrike uh, during the whole DNC uh, so, so supposed hacking of the DNC. Uh, the FBI uh, might have been well aware, <laughs> to say the least, of, of the de- denial of service attacks on my campaign, and they might have been happy about it. Uh, but that's all to say that the polls closed. We thought we had uh, one of the biggest upsets in the country coming. Uh, but we were apprehensive because of, again, that NBC6 preview. Uh, the polls closed, and Wasserman Schultz, within an hour, I think, was declared the winner by 13, 14 percentage points. Um, so it is. I, I never conceded. I had uh, the news mm-hmm. around me that whole election night asking if I would concede, and I, I refused to concede. Uh, I wanted to challenge the election results. I had trouble finding any lawyers who would do anything like that. And the best I could do was to put in a public records request to inspect uh, the, the ballots and the digital scanned images. Um, and we were told right off the bat that they did not have digital scanned images, which was not very believable, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we're, we're like, okay, well then let's just, let's see the paper ballots. And our plan was to inspect the ballots in about a dozen of the 200 key, pre- key precincts. There was like 200 precincts, maybe pick a dozen of the key ones, and see if they matched up with the official results. And if they did, then I would concede. Um, But the supervisor of election, even though they're required under Florida statutory law and the Florida Constitution gives these broad rights uh, for public records, uh, the supervisor at the time was Brenda Snipes. Uh, Her name uh, certainly is recognized in South Florida still for lots of election shenanigans. Uh, Republicans had been out for for her for a long time. They were very upset with a lot of the uh, her practices that they saw as highly partisan and unprofessional. Uh, well, Snipes refused, uh, just kept dodging us and stonewalling us. And uh, after several months, I think it was more than six months, I finally filed the lawsuit, and I sued her to inspect the ballots under the public records law. And uh, I filed the lawsuit. I think it was in June of 2017. Uh, by August of 2017, we, we were serving discovery demands on, on Snipes. Uh, we wanted to schedule depositions, and we, we demanded production of documents. Uh, and the, the, the documents we wanted produced were the paper ballots, right? Um, well, three days after our discovery demands, um, it turns out, we didn't find this out for a while, but three days later on September 1st, 2017, Brenda Snipes ordered the destruction of every ballot that was cast in primary. Isn't that um, a crime? Or it, That is a crime under both state and federal laws. Um, she yeah. was required to hold those documents. Uh, the ballots, 
and, and any other election materials for 22 months. And she didn't even yeah. come close to 22 months. And in her, we, we got a copy of her destruction order in which she certified that the documents were not the subject of any pending litigation. Of course they were, we were, su we were suing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, even after she finally admitted to this in open court, she still refused to even try to settle the lawsuit. And I was racking up attorney's fees at this point. Uh, yeah. So we did her deposition and we have videotaped sworn deposition testimony by her and both one of her top deputies uh, that they destroyed all the ballots and they had no defense. Um, so uh, the judge, uh, Judge Rag Singhal uh, from the 17th Judicial Circuit uh, granted a summary judgment which opened us up to at least the possibility to get attorney's fees. Uh, and he issued a 10-page order. And the 10-page order was devastating towards the, the county, towards Broward County. Uh, it, it listed the crimes, essentially, that were committed. And uh, I thought at that point, the floodgates would open. Um, I had a Republican lawyer. I, I could not find a Democratic election lawyer um, who I could trust, who wanted to represent me, considering who I was against. Uh, and my lawyer was surprised that the Republicans weren't jumping all over it. And uh, he looked into it and a couple of weeks later, he called me up and he said, you can't count on any help from the Broward Republican party or even Republicans yeah. in Tallahassee. And, and same like, way in Georgia and other states. I mean, the, the, the establishment the same pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what it was. He said that they had the mm -hmm. same friends, as Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Uh, and I'm like, what do you mean by the same friends, same financial mm -hmm. backers, same lobbyists. Yeah, it's a unit um, so, party. Yeah. A unit party, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I got a hold of the acting U.S. attorney, the federal prosecutor. I bumped into him at a campaign appearance. And um, I, I followed up with him. My lawyer followed up with him, spoke to him for about 90 minutes. And mind you, this is a case that really any second-year law student could successfully prosecute. I mean, talk about smoking guns, sworn videotaped admissions, uh, 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 the, 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 the actual ballot destruction order and the court's 10 page order. Uh, like the only thing that might be better is if we had a video of Brenda Snipes with a blowtorch destroying the ballots. Um, yeah. and the, the acting U S attorney sounded very interested in prosecuting. And he went up to Washington DC for a week of meetings at the justice department and, uh, with Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general mm -hmm. who had appointed Mueller, you'll remember. And, sure. uh, he came back to Florida and he said they didn't have the time or the expertise to process, uh, to, to prosecute this case. I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, uh, the expertise, uh, really, this is a destruction of evidence case. Yeah. You don't yeah. Even need to know election law for God's sakes. You don't. Um, but that's where we were left um, with no prosecution. And um, uh, Snipes of course ended up um, digging her own grave. You could say in some ways, um, uh, two years later, uh, uh, in 2018, two years after my, my campaign. In 2018, uh, the races for uh, Florida governor between Ron DeSantis and Andrew Gillum and for U.S. Senate between Rick Scott and Bill Nelson both crash-landed in Broward County. Too close to call and Brenda Snipes finding thousands of ballots out of the blue days after the election. And yeah. finally, you know, it's like uh, Fox News remembered me they had me on three mornings in a row to tell my story. And, and, and I basically made the point that anyone who could uh, had the ethical compass or the lack of one 
to destroy every ballot cast. How could you even believe the ballots that she's finding out of thin air days after the election? And um, she was fired not long after those elect that election was settled, finally. Um, and um, unfortunately- DeSantis fired her, right? Am I correct? No, actually, when Rick Scott right? fired her by, uh, oh, by an executive Rick order. Scott. And then, okay. uh, yeah, Rick Scott, excuse me. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then when um, uh, Governor DeSantis took office, uh, Snipes and her lawyers were suing for reinstatement. So. Maybe mm -hmm. there was uh, legal reasons, you know, he took the path of uh, less resistance, but he uh, allowed her to resign, to retire. Uh, so she was reinstated, she retired, and she now lives on $135,000 a year pension. Amazing. It, utterly wow. amazing. And, you know, where um, there are a lot of lessons to draw from this, you know, um, and, and I've spoken a lot about how unreliable the electronic voting machines are, uh, that they are so easily manipulated. This, you can't inspect the software because the software is considered proprietary trade secrets. Right. And it's a cartel. It's only three companies that control these most of the voting machines. Uh, Dominion, uh, which, uh, Dominion Voting, which was notorious for uh, the 2020 presidential election. Here in Florida, ESNS, Election Systems and Software. And the third one is Hard InterCivic. And the thing they all have in common, interestingly enough, is they're all, all, each of them are owned by private equity firms. So they're yeah. not, even, not even publicly listed on the stock exchange. They don't have to make disclosures like- No accountability. No accountability, none. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you know, so my conclusion and many, it's not just me, many people are reaching these same conclusions. And, and I, I should say very nonpartisan, uh, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or an independent. And, and I'm an independent at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, I'd say that the election- The whole paradigm is shifting. I mean, you know, it's really not Republican, Democrat anymore. It's freedom- It's insiders and outsiders, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, it's, and for me, it's not even just the election rigging that uh, and, and crimes that I witnessed that affected me. But uh, a, a lot of the issues uh, just seems like the Democrats have gone off the rails. Uh, yeah. But you put that to the side and, and uh, you know, many people are concluding that the best system to have was what we had for 200 years, which was hand counting of paper ballots in public. Sure. Yeah. And, and we can talk about that some more if you like. But, uh, you know, Governor DeSantis a few months ago signed into law uh, uh, the creation of a new government office, the Election Integrity and Fraud Office which is housed in the Florida Secretary of State's uh, department. And he, he uh, appointed a director, Pete Antonacci, and they're charged with prosecuting uh, election crimes. And I, I've been in touch with one uh, of the staffers in that, that, one of the lawyers in that office. And, you know, I, I know they're aware of this case and I've told them everything I know about it, uh, but we're still waiting for a prosecution. And, you know, when yeah. Pete Antonacci took office, there was a lot of high-minded rhetoric about uh, Florida's uh, the, the the gold standard, and that we uh, uh, enforce election law here, and uh, this shows our commitment to it. And we're still waiting to see: are there going to be any prosecutions here? We have evidence of at least two people in that office at the very highest levels uh, uh, violating uh, criminal statutes and destroying the ballots. And um, we're hopeful that something will happen. Uh, as you know, a few weeks ago the governor removed a state prosecutor who had refused, announced his refusal to prosecute any violations, I think it was of abortion law 
and the uh, recent anti-grooming statute. Mm-hmm. And Governor DeSantis removed him and said, here in Florida, we enforce the law. And the question is, are they going to enforce the law when it comes to election law when it's such a flagrant violation? And, you know, I'm not a candidate. I'm not looking to raise money. I'm not looking to run for office. Uh, I'm here speaking about this just because there's right and wrong. And, and it's wrong sure. what happened. And if you don't punish it, you don't have a deterrence. You have what economists call a moral hazard. There'll be yes. an incentive for election officials in the state of Florida and elsewhere to just cover up whether it's innocent mistakes or not innocent kind of rigging that's going on. Uh, they'll have a, a very strong incentive to just shred everything and say, oh, made a mistake. Sorry. Move on. Yeah. 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 To the next election. Well, that's... Uh... So you haven't really received a response no, satisfactorily. We're, we're, waiting, we're waiting, and, and yeah. I hope it happens soon. And I hope your listeners and your viewers will um, step up. And uh, they could call Pete Antonacci's office. Um, mm-hmm. Can I? Uh, yeah, just, sure. Yeah, his phone number is 850-510-7754. That's 850-510-7754. And... Um, you know, he works within the State Department and the Florida Secretary of State, Cord Byrd, uh, has really been a forceful advocate for election integrity. My hat's off yes, to that. I can confirm that. And, yeah. uh, your Secretary Byrd's office number is 850-245-6500. That's 850 one, one of the, you know, 600. I think DeSantis has done a ton of work. Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, a ton of good work, but uh, he hasn't really focused on election integrity. That, that's one area that People are like, well, what's going to happen? You know, well, and so. you know, it's funny you should say that, Todd, because mm-hmm. you know, I was talking about this in 2017, late 2017, when we we learned that the ballots were destroyed. I mean, we were shocked, mm-hmm. uh, just absolutely stunned that that a supervisor could could do that and think she could get away with it. And and I warned Governor Scott, uh, you know, not personally, uh, but mostly through. Uh, letters to his office and press releases um, and and op-eds that I had published uh, that this could come back and bite him. And it really almost did. Uh, We Mm -hmm. we could have Andrew Gillum as the governor. And uh, from what we know of Andrew Gillum now, I mean, think think what that would have meant for this state. Uh, We probably would have been one of the the states most tightly shut down during COVID instead of a a beacon of freedom during COVID. Um, and, And, you know, it almost came back to bite Governor Scott, and I, I hope it doesn't come back to bite Governor DeSantis. Um, the time to act is now, and I thought that his creation of this office and the state legislature uh, uh, creating the office and the governor signing it was an indication that they realized you can't wait until after November 2022. You, you've got to be very forceful right now. Uh, and you know when they say they're going to um, enforce election law and prosecute election crimes, well, this was a crime. It was an ancient history. And even though uh, Snipes is no longer the supervisor of elections, she's been rewarded uh, with a with a very large pension. Um, and now which, is, which is disgusting and insulting. It yeah. is. Um, it, it, it completely is. And I guess that's why uh, her lawyer sued for her to be reinstated. Um, mm-hmm. uh, by being fired, I think she would have lost that pension. Uh, so whatever political deals were done, uh, I have no idea. But uh, Pete Antonacci is a prosecutor. He should not be involved in any political deals. Um, he uh, actually, it's interesting, Governor DeSantis had appointed Antonacci to be the acting 
uh, supervisor of elections of Broward County after Snipes left. And I met with him at his office and he still had a bunch of Snipes top staff around him uh, that he had not cleaned house with. And, and he apologized to me on behalf of the supervisor's office. And I, I think that apology with a couple of dollars, you could get a coffee at Starbucks. Yeah. The apology is not enough, you know, and Antonacci uh, is a career um, prosecutor. He, he should be quite capable and his office should have the resources to do this and do it quickly. Uh, and I said to, to uh, his office that um, not only that a second year law student could prosecute this case, but that they could bring this prosecution today or tomorrow. That, that, that there's not a lot you need uh, to file the charges. When you've got a sworn videotaped deposition admissions of guilt and a ballot destruction order, and then, you know, the, the cherry on the cake is that judge's 10-page order. And I should mention that Judge Rag Singhal, who did such a good job in that case, um, he was uh, promoted uh, to the federal bench. President Trump uh, appointed him to the federal mm -hmm. bench and the, the Senate confirmed him. Uh, but when you have all that mountain of evidence, uh, seriously, they could they could bring charges today. Uh, this is not something right. that needs days or weeks to study. Well, uh, you know, the thing is, we're talking about our children and our grandchildren. So it's not just about us anymore. I mean, if we don't fix this now, you know, literally our offspring will not have a good life. So, uh, Todd, and, really, it's in that yeah. spirit that I'm that I'm stepping up to talk about this again. I, I don't have any aspirations to run for an office. I, I don't have a campaign um, uh, committee. Uh, I'm not raising money. Um, I'm I'm happy to be teaching. Uh, now's the time to to speak out about this and to act for precisely what you're saying. You know, if if our representatives um, don't feel that they represent us that they've been installed through some illegitimate processes and protected by people like Brenda Snipes. Then the question is, what kind of system do we have? Right. It, you know, we're supposed to have a representative democracy, a rule of law. Um, they, they obviously feel that they represent other interests, uh, whether it's domestic or foreign, uh, corporate or not. Uh, right. That's why it's important that uh, we try to put pressure on our officials right now, uh, both elected and appointed officials, to do the right thing here. Well, uh, we just opened the Miami Independent down in uh, Miami, and uh, we're, we're after truth no matter where it falls. So, Well, I should mention not, that my district that I ran in, um, mm -hmm. the 23rd Congressional District, I know they've done redistricting, so I think the 23rd might be a different district now, but back then... Mm -hmm. About 80% or more of the district was in Broward County, but 10, 15% or so was in the northern part of Miami-Dade County. Yeah. So um, even people who don't live in Broward um, and are in Miami-Dade should be concerned about this. And and really, it even goes beyond Florida, uh, you know, for, for such a flagrant type of uh, a crime. Of to course. Occur. It's national. Well, Tim, thank you. We want to have you back as this plays out. Uh, and I want to have you back also to talk about the Fed. So I would love to, Tom. An Thank important, you. Uh, important topic. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Thank you very much.